0: Coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Kapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee you to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good day, Dave. Good day, Michael. How you doing, buddy? I'm
1: doing well, man. I'm uh, coming off of our golf trip to uh, Kohler, Wisconsin.
0: Wow, was that beautiful. Who would have day. thought Wisconsin would have such great courses? Epic,
1: epic. Playing golf along the shores of Lake Michigan. Uh, same golf course that they're playing the... Uh, the Open? Yeah. Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup. Cup. Ryder Cup. 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 They're building the scaffolds as we were playing. Amazing.
0: Yeah, it's uh, how many golf balls did you lose?
1: You know, I did. I did pretty good. I, I you know, I didn't lose more than I lose locally.
0: Yeah, um, I did. I did pretty good. I think I only lost about forty or fifty balls. Yeah, no, you know,
1: it helped to have caddies.
0: I'm joking. And, and uh, no,
1: you 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 did well. Uh, you know, I think
0: we all did uh, well. We just kind of
1: bought our best game, and so it made it very enjoyable.
0: Yeah, but, it's. I uh, got to say. Uh, in Kohler, there's a place called Black Wolf Run, has a couple of courses called the Meadows and the River Course. Phenomenal courses, and you can get a four caddy, right? So, where four is like one guy for four golfers, and they go up and they help you find your ball and they roughly tell you where things are. And then we went to the Whistling Straits courses, which is the Irish course. We did not do a four caddy there. And then we had Whistling Straits, where you have to have a caddy because you walk 18, unless you would like carrying your clubs, right? Right.
1: So we had one caddy for two people. So we had two caddies for all four of us. Duds. Yes. Great kids. Uh, One fellow was 25, one was 19. And the 19 year old had so much presence. He's a scratch golfer, and he's just, he was, uh, you know, I I was just so impressed with him. But what was really funny is, uh, he yes, asked our buddy, we're, we're walking, the only time he showed his age is, he asked our buddy, hey, are your feet really that big? Are or you, are you wearing shoes that are too tight?
0: Are, you, are, you, are your are your feet really that big? Or are you wearing someone else's shoes? Man, I thought I was going to wet my pants. That, that was so funny. Oh, because this gentleman's probably like 5'8, but he wears a size 12 and a half shoe. <laughs> you know, it's. You that, I call it traction, but you know. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. What was his response? He said, yep, yep. And <laughs> that was <is> it? <laughs> what
1: else did he say? Oh, my goodness. He you got clown shoes
0: on. <laughs> we need to start. We'll just refer to him as Ronald. Yes. So what is our topic today, Dave? Our topic today is turnaround story part two. It's, it's about systems. It is totally about systems. I love it. So the first, just to recap, the first turnaround story was all about culture. Identifying culture, making sure you got the right people on the bus getting everything moving in the right direction with the right people and getting people energized. Right. So that's, so that is already what we've established. Now we're talking about systems. So imagine you have the bus, you have the North star, you have a goal and then you have your team. Right. So now it's about, let's talk about the systems.
1: Yes. And, and so when you, when you approach this issue of systems, it's not, it's not nebulous. It's, it's not systems for systems' sake, but it's systems to achieve specific goals and objectives that you've identified for the organization, right? That's right. And so, you know, one of our clients, uh, kind of a turnaround uh, effort. Uh, kind of a turnaround effort. Yeah, yeah. You came in and you facilitated a um, a planning session, basically, in, the, in our first meeting with them. And uh, out of that planning session, using affinity diagramming and and everything, we uh, identified
0: eight big rocks. Yep, yeah. we basically sat in a room and said, okay, here's your goal. This is the gross margin you want to hit. This is the EBITDA that we want to hit. Um, this is the overarching corporate goal for the, this company. What stands in your way to get there? What is what are the rocks that you have to move no more than 10 rocks but what are the rocks you have to move in order to hit those goals that was the question and we involved the entire leadership team everybody had skin in the game was in the room sure sure so
1: we brainstormed that and i don't know we probably had 30 35 issues and uh and so we had dialogue around them we were able to uh, kind of um
0: boil them down yeah boil them down we boiled them down to eight. You want to read them? Well, I mean, uh, employee engagement, have to have employee engagement, have to increase human capabilities. we got to be process-oriented, so we got to deploy processes. We have to have a solid scheduling uh, system that everyone uses. We have to have normal gross margin reporting that comes out to leadership every day, so we know the score every morning. Um, these people opted to do a development center. And uh, really had to nail down sales mix. What are we going to sell? What are we going to make? We can't just sell or make anything, right? And then uh, we needed some equipment flexibility. Yeah,
1: and what was interesting, uh, as we you know we we scripted the eight rocks uh, as a result of our conversation with them, is uh, these folks are, they were very capable and it's a good sized company, but they really weren't able to articulate these aids. So we had to we had to almost pull it out of them. Um, because they could feel some of these things, but they couldn't articulate them. Particularly employee engagement. Basically, this was a business unit that had been bought and sold several times, and the uh, the workforce were just mailing it in. I mean, I just this too shall pass. You guys are going to sell us to someone else, and so uh, employee engagement was non-existent because they just didn't believe in in the, in. In the executive team, um, and so when we identified that as engagement and kind of explain what that looks like, they were like, "Yeah, that's it." Same thing in terms of human capabilities, right? Um, you know, we we needed to upgrade the skill level of the workforce to do the type of work that we wanted to bring into the into the facility, and so identifying, you know, we can't necessarily go and hire all these. New capabilities because it's so difficult to find people on on the street. So we had to develop a strategy for
0: um, training. You know, yeah, training. And we did the we did a dual deployment though. Actually, we we used um, connections that were within the facility. Uh, people there had connections to reach out to find some high level people. Once the culture changed, we found some high level people that that business unit lost that wanted to come back. Absolutely. So we were able to get the team to acquire, I'd say, five highly skilled people, which in this market, we did that in about 30 days with that team. In this market, that's all just about impossible. It's yeah, a big deal. Yeah. So between that and then launching training, a lot of people got very excited.
1: Yes, yes. And then talk a little bit more about process.
0: Process is basically... Uh, the guy that's, you know, two buildings away making a part and the guy building one one building away making a part and you making a part, and everybody's doing it the same way because we're reading from the same playbook. So basically, process is nothing but building a playbook on how we do things so everybody follows the same process. Absolutely. And when you're introducing the process, all the heroes,
1: the guys who made a living out of turning chaos into, you know...
0: Capitalizing on chaos. Yes,
1: yes. You know, so that the, so they can be the man. Um, Processes, they don't like process. And usually these are kind of high visibility people because they've been heroes for so long. So the limiting process is an uphill battle if you have a, a handful of, uh, of heroes who are accustomed to getting all the glory.
0: That's right. That's right. Process is a big one. Scheduling is, uh, scheduling is near and dear to my heart. So... Scheduling, making sure that you manage to start times, not due dates. Hey, this job's due July 30th. Great. So I have eight steps to get that job done. I'm on step one. When do I start? Well, I don't know. It's, it's due July 30th. Just get it done by July 30th. Okay, great. But we have a thousand jobs in the docket. Which one do I start first? I don't care. Just as long as they all get done on time. That doesn't work very well, does it, Mike? It doesn't.
1: And... When this particular company, when we said, okay, well, show us your schedule, it was, uh, it was what a, what was the font? <laughs>
0: 0.5. I mean, it was,
1: it was so small that you, you literally needed a, a uh, magnifying glass to, to read it. And so the guys, they just didn't, they didn't look at it
0: because. They didn't. So, so what we did is we, we, and we weren't, they weren't using the ERP system. Right. So we said, you got to put everything in the ERP system. You're not allowed to schedule anything outside the ERP system. Just can't happen. And we need to know when you're supposed to start a job to be done. And I want that on the traveler to where whoever's making that part knows when to start. So now someone has a router in their hand and they're like, oh, I'm late or oh, I'm on time. When do I start? You have to have a tool that involves the people making the making the manufactured part. Because if they don't know if they're later on time, why should they give a crap? Sure. And at the end of the day, they
1: didn't. And Dave, every every machine shop that we've come in contact with has struggled with scheduling. And it's always, well this system won't do it. We need another system and that's that's always the excuse. Well in this case they had a system not the greatest system but they had a fella who knew the system back and forth genius but no one would listen to him because his personality type wasn't one that you would listen to and we discovered this dude wrote the book on scheduling I mean Mm -hmm. he
0: was an enormous resource right
1: there under their own noses
0: so he grabbed onto it and they had laid orders of X call it uh one million dollars in late orders, and in four months, that million dollars in lates will be right around fifty to sixty grand. Totally. So that's the impact. That's the impact of good scheduling and execution, holding people accountable to it. That's the impact that that does. We'll talk about execution on the next podcast. But yeah. So it's
1: a it's the scheduling system. It's the scheduler. And then that relationship between the scheduler and the director of operations, and the people. So it's really
0: it's it's every it schedule uh, scheduling parts, and making the schedule good involves everybody in the business. Sure, sure. Everybody in the business, and of course, gross margin reporting. Right? You, who who in the world can run a business without knowing if you're making making money, if you're losing or winning? <laughs> you have to know. If you're losing or winning the next day after you after you make a part, you need to know if you're losing or winning.
1: And where there's smoke, there's fire. From what here's I hear. Mean? Here's a business unit that wasn't making money. <laughs> and uh surprise, surprise, when we start doing gross margin by part, <laughs> all these parts, they were wrapping a dollar bill on every part facing out the door.
0: A dollar bill's being nice. it it was very very interesting Um, and then then we kind of went to sales mix Uh, we pulled all the sales guys in. what a wonderful sales team they have we pulled them in got them around the table and said okay this is what we're good at because we have gross Martin reporting we know we're good at and these are parts that we're really good at we only want you to market these parts for our business unit this is what we do this is what we're good at don't market these parts do market these parts and we came to an agreement with the sales team. This is what they'll sell. And that's super important. Yeah, I mean, I think the sales guys really appreciated that. There's a lot of people that like quick turn prototype. There's a lot of people that like long run production. There's a lot of people that like low mix, high volume. There's a lot of people that like high mix, low volume. There's a lot of people that like this material or that material or, or this process or that process. But you've got to be good. And I, we would implore you to be good at one thing. Absolutely. Whether it's machining metal, whether it's stamping, whether it's uh, molding. If you are a business unit, master your craft. Figure out what you're really good at. And what you if you don't know what you're good at, look at your gross margin. Your gross margin will tell you what you're good at and bolt down to that.
1: Yeah, and then declare it and stand by it. and uh, Hold fast. And, yeah, hold fast through mm-hmm. thick and thin. Yeah. You're gonna get buffeted about with opportunity. It looks like opportunity, but it's really not opportunity because
0: you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be you'll be back in the back in the same old cycle you're in before. So and then uh, and then equipment flexibility. Uh, and I know I'll go back to the last one, but equipment flexibility is basically there's a lot of manufacturers OEMs out there that want you to make a part and tag it to a serial number on a machine. Now that could be a milling machine it could be a turning machine it could be a swiss machine it could be a wire machine um i'm call me a little awkward but i consider a mill a mill a mill it's a process it's a milling process it has three four or five axes right if you're real fancy you can have more yes i know that but if you have three or four or five axes and you have a mill right beside it it's the same brand same control same number of axes why shouldn't you be able to take a part and run it on either or machine, not just one of those two machines? But you need to be smart. You need to validate your piece of equipment. You need to prove it does exactly what you say it's going to do. You need to run test samples and prove that it runs to a certain measurement and a certain axis, and you're holding the accuracies you need to hold on that axis, right? So you need to do your due diligence because whatever you make in this part, these this uh, these these machines make, things, make parts that impact human life, so it's a big deal. So – but the schedule, if you can only schedule machines, um, i just give you, for instance, there's one machine that has a load of 2,800 hours on it. Same brand, same machine sitting right next to it, three feet away, 14 hours on it, 14. You would think you would want to take the machine with the 2,000 hours on it and put some on the machine with 14 hours and just put one guy in between the two machines, right? That makes sense, right? Sure, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no sir, Bob you are only allowed to put parts on the machine with that serial number, even though the one next to it's identical. In fact, the serial number was only a few numbers different because they bought them at the same time.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: And, unbelievable. And, I, and uh, so that's a big deal. And what does that do for your schedule? It makes it really hard to make money, right? So so that that was the one thing. And the last thing, uh, if you don't mind me, I just took over, is the development center. Um, engineering, there's an engineering team here and. And they build a development center and they took uh, the platforms, various platforms across the production facility and they had every machine of every platform type and they dropped it in that area and they hired a very high-end asset to put in there. And now engineering doesn't have to jump and stop a machine in production and jump in there and get a part done. They have a development center to be able to develop a process, build a process, prove a process out, improve a process, and then deploy it to the floor and do training. Right, yeah. so I mean, it's so valuable, so valuable. So, those systems, those eight systems are crazy.
1: Yeah, you know, those are the eight big rocks, and so we, you know, went through that process, identified them, had to define them a little bit more for them so they could uh, understand what, what, what the uh, rules of engagement were. If you were, and then uh, step two was to build a plan around um, those eight big rocks.
0: Yep, we put, uh, we put different tabs in, we use Microsoft Teams. We dropped a file in there, and then we had uh, different tabs on that, and then we went through every single one of these and say, "Okay, employee engagement. What does that mean? What does it What does it mean to finish? And what are the five or six steps?" And we assigned who is the who is the champion of that task. Okay, so we'll just pick a name out of the air, Bob, and Bob. Uh, sorry, Bob, for I'm using your name all the time today, but um, Bob's in charge of employee engagement and these are the five milestones that you five tasks and these are the milestones these are dates that they're due and then every wednesday we pull the team together and we go through all the tabs and who owned every project right 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 Uh, so that plan as we went through we had to list what it was and how many steps it took to get that done and declare an owner and then what's then what was it do you have anything to add to that mind
1: no you know term with this uh, particular client the concept of a rail. That's what it is, yeah. I had not heard of a rail, but a rail is a running uh, action item list. And so, every Wednesday, you you sit down and you go through the, the rail for each one of the uh, eight big rocks. And, um, you put people uh, on the hot seat and you say, hey, this is supposed to be done yesterday. And, uh, I I don't understand why it's not done. And um, you only have to do that a couple of times and people start to understand how this works. (laughs) Like, I better get my stuff done because when I have to sit down and report on the rail, um, I don't want to be the one that says, uh, I I just didn't get something done.
0: That's a quick way to get into a five why, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. You know, why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? Hey, when you get, okay, so the end date of this project is this date, it will not move. And we had we had a date <clears throat> for every one of these we had a date for all these to be done and we met every date for all of these eight, eight big rocks by the way yeah and I'll tell you that up front through this it process was,
1: uh, it was painful because uh, this team had not been accustomed to being held accountable but in, in all fairness um, they didn't particularly have goals and objectives to be held accountable to so they were everyone was it's every man for himself. Um, They were just trying to do a good job every day. And uh, so to give them um, a a laser-like focus on these eight big rocks, it was unbelievable. I mean, these people responded um, well beyond my expectations. We did did lose a couple of people
0: along the way, though. Uh, We didn't lose, after we first started, I would say within a week or two, by the time they brought us in full-time to engage, we didn't lose one leader in this entire group.
1: Yeah, but when we when we started with the, uh, we built the plan and we started executing against the plan and reporting on the rails, we had a fellow who just didn't have answers.
0: Well, that was in two weeks. That was the first two weeks we really engaged with him with this, and uh, that was... Yeah, yeah, you have to figure who's going to be on the bus and who isn't. That has to be part of your culture. That was part of the culture thing, right? It was,
1: it was.
0: So, and then the last step is you got to lay out a timeline. Every single thing you do has to have how many steps and how many milestones are on those and those dates, those completion dates. And otherwise, without, you can't have a plan without any dates. If you have a plan without any dates, all that means is it's just never going to get done it's just just going to languish it's a list of stuff you have to have dates and milestones to hold someone accountable and make sure they're doing a job doing a good job without that it just won't work and you have to have regular meetings for that so do we all like meetings none of us love to have meetings all the time so we're talking about an hour a week yes yes. an hour a week to keep when we have five six people we're holding accountable
1: yes and we we said hey listen um, you know Here's your rail. Can you go through it? And uh, if you had to talk yourself into an answer, we knew that you didn't. You hadn't done the, hadn't done the work. That's right. So, it, you know, these meetings shouldn't run long. They only run long when you don't have an
0: answer. You're right. And I'll tell you what. Uh, this is a situation that when you have culture, culture is wonderful. you got to engage people. But after you have culture, you have to build systems if you don't have systems, you don't ask your question, what is a North Star? What's going to keep you from getting there? Okay, let's list these things out. What does each thing mean? What, how do you get each one accomplished? And then you assign a champion over those things, and then you put dates on that. That is a system that you can take, and you can build, and you can launch with. And if you don't do that, you can have everybody as happy as all get out in the shop. But if you're not getting anything done and really identifying how that gets you to your North Star, you're not going to be nearly as successful as you want to be. You'll just so be busy. you'll just be busy and happy. You'll be happy and busy, mm-hmm. but not necessarily profitable. So, but if you have a good culture, culture is an, expo- ex- an exponential force to profit. But you have to have a North Star. You have to. And you can't have a good North Star without systems in place. Right on, Mike. We at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.